Welcome to Armchair Football with Clint and Mitch. It is good to be back. Yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, first week of college football, down already, and um, it was a fun weekend. It was a fun weekend. We're going to cover a bunch of stuff here today, uh, college football, pro football, fantasy football, kind of uh, all in right now from here to the end of the regular season, I think. Uh, Mitchell's going to have a, a good segment for us at the end and let us know who we should be putting money on this uh, this coming weekend. And uh, if you get it, if he gets it wrong, you can certainly blame him. <laughs> and uh, the Facebook page would be a great place to do that. Just, uh, just don't expect any money back from me. <laughs> <laughs> he is offering a ten percent back. That is not true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so I kind of wanted to start off right away uh, with Mitchell's favorite team. Uh, Monday night, uh, the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Louisville Cardinals, which I, I have to say, I put my first. Uh, my first ever sports bet on. I'm not a sports gambler like Mitchell here, uh, but I did uh, piggyback off somebody else's bet, a buddy of mine, Joey, who uh, said, hey, you want to put uh, put some money on uh, the Irish to cover what well, was 11 uh, at, at half? And I thought, you know, the Cardinals, they, they didn't look good last year. They were kind of a train wreck, kind of from what I understood, gave up the last five games pretty much, just didn't have any effort. I said that's a that's a pretty pretty good bet for my first one. Uh, well, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it, it wasn't a very good weekend for favorites in general this weekend. Uh, a lot of dogs covered the spread, but Notre Dame yet yeah, came out a little rusty. The first half was not very good. I thought they were in trouble. Yeah, um, you know some of the questions coming into the first game was the middle of our defense losing our best defensive tackle and our starting two middle linebackers. We kind of showed that our linebacker play is kind of a little bit of a mess right now. Yeah, Louisville ran the ball with some success, and that's not uh, really what you want to see. You know, what I saw was a a talented Louisville team that isn't mature enough and know the system well enough. Because you saw that in the second half. Of course, depth plays a big part in college football. Absolutely. Um, The other, you know, five fumbles. Yeah. Uh, That fumble... (laughs) <laughs> back to back to back fumble. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I know one of those was, of course, Notre Dame, but uh, just five fumbles in general, and it shows that you're not disciplined quite yet. And and I think Louisville's got a good thing going. I think they have a ton of talent on the team. You could see the speed that was there, and and they showed it those first first two drives coming out and taking a fourteen seven lead, and that's kind of when I packed it in on my bed, of course. But I thought there was a little hope when, when Notre Dame tied it up because there's, what, uh, 10 minutes left in the first half? Yeah, yep. when that happened. I, really inconsistent from Notre Dame in the first half. Pulled away in the second half, but again, that's where that's where I see depth. Depth, yeah. Yep. We were just an overall better roster than Louisville was, and we you know had some more playmakers. Scott Satterfield, it's his first year at Louisville, and um, I think he'll do good there. He was the old coach at Appalachian State, and they were always competitive down there. Um Always a really good football team, so I think he'll eventually get them going. Just a little bit different scheme going from Petrino to a little Saturday. bit, yeah, yeah <laughs> a, a lot of big, a lot. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he'll get his own players in there, and Louisville will eventually be better down the road. But you know, Notre Dame, as far as everybody wanting them to come out and blow them out, they have a, they have they have some things they need to fix. Um, they need to change this first week of college football to overreaction weekend. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's just some small issues like the linebacker play. You know, Louisville was able to run on Notre Dame. And what you look at with that is, you know, two weeks, Notre Dame plays the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia. It's not really something you want to see with a a run um, first team like Georgia, who 
if Louisville ran it with success, you know, Georgia will jam it down Norton's throats and, oh, yeah. you know, not look twice about it. So um, that's a little worry. Again, overreaction Sunday. And it is. the first week of college yep. football. It's the first week for all these teams to hit the field together because it's not like the pros where they've been playing together Absolutely. three, four years in a row. These guys, a lot of these guys are first-time starters. Yeah, well, you know, Ian Book, too, you know, second-year starter, um, team captain. You know, I just kind of a little expected a little bit more from him, too, as well as just overall command of the offense. He kind of looked like he had happy feet. Rush would get to him a little bit, and he wouldn't go to his second read. He would just take off and run. And he's an athletic quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but he's not a a playmaker from his from his feet either. You know, he's not a Lamar Jackson. You know, that type of yeah, runner. He's mobile. He, he's mobile. Yeah, you know, and you'd like him to get to that second progression and kind of throw the ball downfield once in a while. I mean, I don't think he threw the ball downfield all game. And that was kind of the knock on him last year, too. And that's great and all, you know, when you're playing Louisville and you're playing Virginia Tech and you're playing those mid-tier teams where you you end up beating them by overall depth and stuff like that. But when you play Georgia, when you play you Michigan. Know, Clemson. You don't play Michigan this year, do you? Yeah, we oh, play Michigan right. in Ann Arbor. In Ann Arbor, yeah. I'm yeah. not very high on Michigan, though. I think, I, I think they're kind of, you know, the same, same place Notre Dame's at. Yep. You know, they're not in that top tier where you know you play georgia or you or you make it to the playoff and you play clemson you know watching that clemson Notre Dame game in the playoff our defense played really well the first quarter and a half but our offense we just didn't make any plays ian book didn't make any plays and it's just tough to keep putting your defense in a position to but again it's a different defense this year because you don't Absolutely. have all those playmakers because you guys sent a lot of guys out of there oh yeah you know a lot of guys out of there you know but the, the overreaction weekend doesn't uh, week one doesn't necessarily uh, just revolve around this game. I mean, Absolutely. Week Saturday, you know, I'm watching my favorite team, Nebraska, come out and really look flat. Yeah, and, and they really, really did look flat on offense and defense. It was a, it's a much bigger struggle than it should have been uh, to win that football game. Martinez didn't look great. He looked again very similar to a book. Uneasy, held the ball too long, happy feet. Um, yep. Didn't wasn't decisive in what he wanted to do. Our you know our defense bailed uh, Nebraska's defense bailed him out with the two pick sixes they and did. then a punt return really bailed the offense out because they only scored fourteen points. And so that's that's scary to think of. But we all know that that offense with Scott Frost is not going to put up fourteen points a game, and they will look better. It, it, it's I mean it's inevitable. But that we aren't limited to just that too. You know everybody was overreacting on the media about Clemson. You know, uh, you'd look at Trevor Lawrence threw for 168 yards and a touchdown. Didn't look like that dominant force he did last year. It's the first week, guys. Yep. Relax. And you know, to quote Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, <laughs> and you're right. You know, all these teams are going to improve. You know, Nebraska, they look shaky too as well. You know, their defense did some really good things, but overall, I would be worried about Nebraska's defense. Um, South Alabama isn't the Big Ten, which in their kind of defense, the Big Ten struggled as a whole. I don't know. Wisconsin looked pretty beast. Wisconsin looked good, but, you know, you have Purdue losing to mm-hmm. Utah State. Um, Ohio State didn't cover the spread. They are yep. favored by 28, um, won by 24. They looked good in the first half, flat in the second half. Yep. Um, you know, Alabama didn't look really great in the first half either. I mean, I know they won 42-3, so you can't really take anything away from them. <laughs> yeah. But, but they, everybody kind of looks flat, and the, the yep. teams that are better are going to look flat for less time. Yep. And and I think we, we saw that. Like I said, I think it's just a matter of overreaction. And LSU looked good, but, again, they, they were playing Georgia Southern. 
Um, Michigan was okay, but they let up 21 to Middle Tennessee. They did. Yeah. So The Big Ten as a whole, I, I think, didn't look very good, in my opinion. They're probably the toughest conference in America right now. Big Ten. Yeah. I yeah. mean, top to bottom, I think they're the toughest. I mean, you can always argue the SEC, but... The Big Ten's going to beat up on each other this year like they do every so. year. Iowa, you know, I, another one, Iowa didn't look really good in the first half at all. Yeah. You know, that was a pretty that was a pretty dicey game at first, and they pulled away in the second half. Again, depth. Yeah. Depth really comes into it. Iowa, though, you know, that's always been their kind of call card. So that one I don't put too much stock in because they kind of play to their level of competition. They've been that way for years as far as I can remember. Iowa, I actually... I put a little future bet on Iowa. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're going to be back in that all year. I know it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they have a good year this year. That That is, is it the Big Ten? Uh, is it West. West, yeah, yep. the Big yep. Ten West. Um, that's going to be a fun conference um race and well, we're, we're gonna have side. fun we're, we're gonna have fun because we'll be watching it together all year yeah and he's gonna be rooting for that iowa bet and i'm gonna be rooting against the iowa bet uh and then you got wisconsin everybody thought wisconsin might be a little bit down this year because they lost a lot of players but you know i tell you what they, they look probably the best in the whole conference we talked about it earlier this well, year on an earlier podcast about these guys, Wisconsin and Penn State, they bring in these big boys up front, yep. and they just seem to reload every year. Yep. Every year they seem to reload. You can plug in a tailback behind them, put an average quarterback, which we know uh, you know, most of the time uh, Wisconsin well, pans out average quarterbacks. Yeah, and Jonathan Taylor, man, third-year yep. starter. He's rushed for more yards than any other running back in college football history his first two years as a starter, and it's just, yeah, he's he's tough. He looked good they looked really good you did look really good uh gosh next next week we got a, a few good games in college football we'll kind of run through that real quick uh texas a&m clemson's yeah that's be the a big, one. big game yeah. boy that's a big game and texas a&m looked really good too they did um you know their offense you kind of wanted a little more from them watching that game but i mean they ended up beating them pretty soundly i think mm-hmm. it was I think it was right around the forty-two to ten something. Yeah, like I, that. I, I moved on from the scores. Yeah, there, but, I mean uh, they yeah. they blew them out. Um, you know, Nebraska's got a telling game. You know, we'll go back to the Huskers. I mean, Colorado. it's really going to determine against Colorado. You know, yeah. whether they're they're going to actually compete for the Big Ten uh, West because this is their first test. Yeah, and it's in week two after a flat game. So let's see how they respond. Colorado's no slouch. They got some pros on that offense, Montez, and you know Chenault. He's some mock drafts have him go in the first round. You know, he's a he's a good wide receiver. Had a huge year last year. Colorado beat Nebraska in Lincoln last year. Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean there there were some circumstances with it. I mean, the our quarterback that played in that game wasn't wasn't a senior and he's not even on the roster. Right yeah. Now. And so I understand the changes from year to year. I'm just saying that game is going to be a competitive game. Mm-hmm. Um it's in Boulder. Um it always helps when you're playing at home. I just I think Nebraska right now is favored by four and a half. So it was seven. Started off at seven and a half, and and I think it went down. I'm not positive, but uh, you know, one of the games to look forward to is LSU Texas. And when's the last time we could talk about Texas? Absolutely, in the top ten. Yeah. I mean, and that would probably have to be the top game on the slate. <laughs> That's going to be another really good game. A lot of athletes. Texas has huge expectations this year, and so does LSU. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the first time they've had a decent quarterback in Burroughs. I never understood that about LSU. You know, they have all the athletes in the world. They have all these pros in the league. I think they have more pros in the league than any other college, more more pro bowlers, just overall studs. And 
they haven't been able to put a decent quarterback <laughs> on that team. <laughs> and how long? I mean, you can't really name one that's made it in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I can't even I, come up McCoy, with one. McCoy, but he was, he's no, been that, a, that's Texas. Oh, I'm Texas. talking LSU. Oh, LSU. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. LSU puts out fat I mean, quarterbacks. Jamarcus, <laughs> yeah. Jamarcus Russell, but I mean, we all know how that turned out. But I, I mean, mean, he could be the best and the worst yeah. all in one sentence. I just think they, they never have, you know, a quarterback. Yeah. And Burroughs is. Burroughs has proven to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it'll be an no, interesting I, game. It'll be a, it'll be a fun game to watch. You know, we didn't want to spend too much time uh, because on college, but uh, because we got a lot to cover. Uh, the first one is fantasy football. We had our our preview. So much changed just between oh the preview and when we actually drafted. Uh, it, it's kind of wild how how quickly things change in the well, NFL in that that span. I think the day after I made my sleeper pick of Deontay Foreman, I think he got released. Yep, yep, <laughs> he got released, and yeah. then he went to the Colts, which yeah. is like, oh, now it's looking like high a profile really, offense, a really yeah. good fit for him, and then he's hurt. Well, and then he's done then, for the year, I and think then then like, luck retires. Yeah, and then, <laughs> boy, <laughs> just boy, those who did early fantasy football drafts, <laughs> I am sorry. Yeah, so uh, I mean, yeah, and and then. Uh, um, Miller from the Texans, he got hurt that same day that, that blew Luck retired, blew yeah. out his knee. He's done for the year. Um, you know, we got shifting all over the place with, I, you know, Melvin Gordon's probably going to move. I would be willing to bet he's either going to move or going to be playing week one. That's a tough one. Um, Le'Veon, uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you know, there's there's the big one. It's reported it's almost done. It's going to be done by the weekend. Uh, it's Now it's it sounds like it's not going to be done. And then today I heard tonight – that they're talking about a six-year, $90 million contract. Who in the world signs a running back to six years? Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, I think it's the right move, though, because they oh. they built their team around him. I cannot disagree more. <laughs> I, I think Elliott is the best running back in the league. You know, um, I kind of want to revisit a conversation me and Mitchell were having because it was not that long ago where he's like, Screw this guy. Get him out and of I, here. I still am a little salty about the two <laughs> years left on his deal. Like, don't get me wrong, but I hope in his contract they do have stipulations on, out. If, on if he gets in trouble again or if he, you know, keeps up the circus. I mean, it was just one thing after another with him. So what are the chances if he gets signed before the start of the season? I think zero. Oh, I think – I wouldn't say from the start of the season, but – I would say the chances of Zeke playing before you know week three is a hundred percent, hundred percent. You know because you know our fantasy football draft, uh, the one I did in Sioux City uh, with uh, my cousin Brandon, he went three on accident, and because this is the first year these these guys who have been doing it uh, not online for so long decided to go online and do it, and I said it's going to go much faster, it's going to be much easier. And they did, and we had one guy that didn't really know what he was doing. And he's like, "I didn't pick anybody yet." And we had to tell him, "No, you picked Elliot. You 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 picked Elliot." <laughs> and he he was upset about it at first, and by the end of the night, he was okay with it. Um, and then Mason picked Elliot as well, and so he went. I think he went three in yep. in both of those, and it could be a, a home run. It might be a total bust, but I think it's got a better chance of being a home run. Yeah, I I think you'll be all right. You draft Zeke, you know, and Mason's a coworker of ours. But I I kind of told him I was like, just if you draft Zeke, just make sure you handcuff him with Tony Pollard. 
And I, he comes back. He's like, I drafted Zeke. I was like, Did you get Tony Pollard? He's like, No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Well, you know, one good thing is Zeke looks like he'll be signed. But so you were yeah. sitting number um, number eight in your league, seven, seven. seven. Who, yeah. who who did you end up taking at at seven? I took David Johnson. Um, well, that's taking a risk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after the first four running backs here, kind of there's there's question marks about everybody. And you just did one league this year. Yeah, I I only do my big money league. You know, we do a four hundred dollar buy in. I don't know if my girlfriend would. Like it if I hopefully did another four hundred dollars. And hopefully she's not listening. <laughs> yeah, but um, we do we do a pretty big league, and uh, you know I drafted seven. My it came down to David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Um, you could throw Gurley in there, and then you could throw a handful of the top receivers. I think um, Michael Thomas and Hopkins were already gone. So I picked it. I picked at six in in the Sioux City League, mm-hmm. and I did something that I said I I, I thought it might happen. I didn't want to happen. Can you guess who I drafted? Um, you told me, but I can't remember. I don't know if I told you. No. I took Le'Veon Bell. At six. Le'Veon Bell, yeah, I, you I know, did not know that. he's a it's a PPR league. I, I took Le'Veon Bell. It's a you know, I had him last year that first both leagues first pick overall, and and he just obviously didn't play, and and it just hurt me so much that that I was so bitter about it. That I had such a hard time. Uh, I think I did a shot right after that. <laughs> and then my other league, I picked eight, and I I reached um, because wide receivers started coming off the board, and I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a huge year. Yeah. And I think he's still returning punts, which I was surprised um, to see. They they said he's still going to return punts, so that's an addition um, to that. And that's that's a, tr- a conventional league. That's not a, a PPR league in PPR leagues. And I, I don't know what the standard leagues are, but, um, I know in PPR leagues last year, Tyree kill was the number one overall receiver. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to argue, you know, yeah. it's just that Kansas city offense has so many weapons. It's just, you know, I think he'll get his share though. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Speaking to, of Kansas city's offense, those of you that drafted Damian Williams early and took Darwin Thompson late. Yeah. Um, and actually, in the Sioux City League, Darwin Thompson and McCole Hardman both went in the eighth round, which I thought was just insanely high. I like I the Hardman pick, but the, the Thompson pick. Well, in, in, in retrospect, now McCoy got you know <laughs> got moved, and that happened uh, Saturday. Yep. And I think uh, – or on, and yeah, McCoy got moved uh, on Saturday, and – I don't. I, now you really have two number ones. It's going to be an even split carry with Damian Williams and and uh, McCoy, I think. And I think Darwin Thompson is going to be one of those specialty kind oh, yeah. of guys. He'll get a few touches too. I mean, I think they they transitioned from Damian Williams getting the lion's share and Thompson, you know, being that catching that third down kind of back a little bit to it's a full blown committee in Kansas City now. Now, um, in your in your in your league, who made the dumbest pick in the draft? Because I'm going to have to call out a guy, and I love him to death. But we we already made fun of him a little bit on Saturday. So, but I want to hear you got a guy I'm sure that made a pick, and you went, "What are you thinking?" You know, I I really nothing really stands out. You know, we're we're a pretty competitive league, where you know, I would say almost everybody knows what the hell is going on in, you know, the National Football League. So there really wasn't anything but too you crazy. you still get some fans out there that, that take some, do. some picks and go, what in the world are you thinking? I, I just don't think any of them really stand out to me. Um, really? I can't really think of anything that made me go, wow. You know, if anything, 
You know, you could say I was the one because I second round Travis Kelsey fell to me. I took Kelsey and then come back around on the third round. You know, I'm right in the middle every every round. Patrick Holmes is there, and I I thought, oh yeah, no, oh, we got we got to touch on this a little bit. <laughs> so several weeks prior to yeah. the the draft, Mason and Mir, or excuse me, Mitchell and Mir at work, and Mitchell is just pounding me because I'm such a big Chiefs fan on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes in the second round. I kept giving you shit about it, yes. <laughs> it, no, it, he kept it going. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he comes in with this slouched down head look. Oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> he was embarrassed to have to tell me that he took Patrick Mahomes in the I, third round. I'm just more embarrassed I have to cheer for Kansas City for the whole year. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the text message. I had to I had to even it out since I put that future bet on Iowa to win the Big Ten West. So I have to cheer against Nebraska all year. I figured that I would draft Mahomes and Kelsey so I could cheer for Kansas what, City. What a good guy. yeah! What a know, good I, guy. That's... I couldn't cheer against you both on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't want me uh, to hate him all weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I did. I, you know, and I told you we, and it, it pains me because it's Patrick Mahomes. He was drafted. Number nine, which is crazy in, in in our league, which is a traditional league, and and uh, and it's my buddy who this is his first year in league. He took the place of somebody who moved away, yep. and he he's done fantasy football before. So, but he kept saying that he was the league the the top quarterback, and I kept trying to explain to him that the drop off isn't enough to draft. You know from from tier one quarterbacks to tier two two quarterbacks Absolutely. is not enough to take a quarterback in the first round of a traditional league. The, it's just not. You know, and especially in a traditional league, um, in a standard league, you know, quarterback, the average points per game going from like the top three to the next 12 is not all that different. Where running backs, you know, you go from the top six to the next 12. I mean, it's a huge drop off. I, and I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even uh, uh, really given him a hard time if you would have taken a tight end, like one of the top three tight ends, yeah. because the, the drop off again is massive. Absolutely. From the top three or four tight ends to the ones down. Yep. Uh, you know, I actually ended up with Melvin Ingram like in the seventh round, which I thought was just, uh, or uh, the Giants. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Yeah. Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Melvin Ingram's linebacker. Yeah, for, I know. For, I was for, uh, like, for San Diego, yeah. yeah. No, no. Um, Evan Ingram in, in, I think, the sixth or seventh round, which I thought was a steal. Absolutely. Because uh, he's in that top four uh, and, discussion. You know, they, they always say stay away from rookie tight ends. Um, they just don't produce in fantasy. They have a too high of a learning curve in the NFL, and it's been proven throughout history. Evan Ingram, I think, was hands down the best fantasy tight end his rookie year. Um, last year, he kind of got banged up a little bit, and that Giants offense was a mess. But He I might be their only target this yeah, year. Yeah, and I think he's a great, great pickup. Him and Hunter Henry, too. You know, they're right in those middle rounds where they would have been two guys to kind of target. Yep. Um, I got, you, you got a good one. Um, I think so, too. You know, the, the Melvin Anger, or Melvin Gordon one is, is, is confusing because he did go in the second round in, in uh, our league Saturday night, and that's a traditional – I think he dropped further in in the other league. Um, he dropped a fifth in our league. He, yeah, I think he dropped fourth, third or fourth at least. It's just kind of scary having a guy that's holding out. Now, it is a little different circumstance, just like Ezekiel Elliott's and Le'Veon Bell's situation because they're taking money out of 
their pockets, not out of their unearned income. Yeah. Um, so that makes a big difference on how fast they get back. San Diego's old school. They've kind of dug in. They're, they've said they're not going to talk about contracts till the after the year. They can explore a trade. As a Chiefs fan, I love it because Melvin Gordon's really good. He's good, but at the same time, Phillip Rivers drives that offense. And they've, they've had lesser running backs before, and they've done fine. I mean, they oh, yeah. Danny Woodcat had got over a hundred balls in San Diego well, one Tolbert. year. Tolbert, Tolbert had a great had a great year with them one year, and and he was a he was a fullback on the roster before they moved him to running back, Mike Tolbert. Yep. So I mean, and they, that system is gonna Absolutely. is gonna and Eckler is a great third down yeah. back. I think Justin Jackson. If I could if I could go back a couple podcasts ago and change my sleeper, I think I would. Change it to Justin Jackson. Well, in hindsight, you know, with yeah. Melvin Gordon holding out, you didn't Absolutely. know that. I mean, nobody's going to take him over Melvin Gordon. And I think Justin Jackson and Eckler, they can talk about they're going to have a 50-50 share. That offense does produce good fantasy running backs. They they always have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree 100%. You know, how do you how do you feel about your team going forward? I mean, uh, who would you end up picking at quarterback for your I, starter? Quarterback? Yeah. Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, that's right. And then, I got, one and then I got Lamar Jackson late. Um, that's the one we could kind of talk about. Mahomes is going to put up numbers. How great Kansas City is going to be this year is the real question. I mean, I mean they could realistically make a run at you know the high scoring offense of all time again. Um, that offense, I think, only improved, and I think that defense kind of declined a little bit. So, see, and I disagree. I, I, I how do you decline from thirtieth? I mean, and I agree. I mean, <laughs> let's that, remind everybody we yeah. do have a bet going that yeah. they they finish above the the bottom seven. In the uh, league, I think it was seven. Uh, it's a steak dinner, so uh, I just I think okay. So I I should rephrase. I think that defense is going to be bad once again this year, <laughs> and uh, I just think they're going to have to put up a lot of offense numbers, and I think they got the talent to do it. So it's Kansas City's kind of going to be that high scoring, uh, going to outscore you, yeah, pretty much. Yep. You know, maybe get a couple turnovers here. Get ready for a track meet. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that's okay. The offense is built to do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Adam Shady was really good. I, I think, think that was a, a great fit. pickup. I and think he's a good fit. He loves playing for Andy Reid. You could sell that. And from what I understand, he had the same, the exact same offer from uh, San Diego and turned it down because he wanted to play for Andy Reid. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know the system. Plus, you got, better, plug you got a better chance of winning a Super Bowl in yeah, Kansas City. Let's, let's. <laughs> San, Diego. San Diego is always that team that everybody loves to kind of Super Bowl sleeper. Maybe they could do they it this year. Every year to win the AFC West, and then they get to the playoffs. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, and the one thing, too, about San Diego is uh, it's not even San Diego anymore. I don't know why I keep calling them San Diego. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> Los Angeles. Because nobody goes to the games. There's more people in San Diego right. watching it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and they're one of those teams, too, that – they have all this talent on their team too, and they just they have injuries after injuries after yeah. injuries after injuries every year. You know, it's just how much they, can you blame on on the 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 staff um, on those injuries? Because I, you know, there's that big thing right now with uh, Williams. Trent, what is it? Trent Williams yeah. in in, in Washington. Talking, he's going to report. So, and I heard he there was no way in the world he was playing. It was all about the medical staff. Yep. And because he didn't feel like he was getting, the they misdiagnosed. Treatment. He had a he had a tumor on his brain. I think he okay. ended up having brain surgery. Um, and I could be wrong about that, but I want to say he had a tumor on his brain. And you know the medical staff misdiagnosed it, which 
you know, they're a sports medicine team. And it um, happens everywhere. Anyway. It does. I mean, you can look at Kevin Durant. I mean, that was a huge news with Golden State. They misdiagnosed his his uh, calf strain and ended up tearing his Achilles. You know, it, it happens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just read an article today that Trent Williams is going to report here in the near future. And that sounded like that would never happen. I, I was expecting him to get traded. It just kind of makes you think there might be funny business. He might, you know, play two weeks, go down with an injury for the rest of the year, and just collect paychecks. I well, don't know. the other thing, you know, uh, speaking of trade left tackles, the, what are the Dolphins? They are tanking. I mean, they are unloading, and it is a constant rebuild in Miami. That's a tough one. Do you ever? Tra- I I'm sorry. I have a really hard time trading a top ten. Left yeah. tackle in the NFL. Any. For young, anything. Young, too. For anything. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, we could talk about this for a while. I mean, Texans gave up a lot for him. He's a young left tackle. Played really well. You have two first-rounders and a second, I believe. Well, you can you can take those two first-rounders, swing and miss on both of them. Oh, absolutely. It happens more than hitting on them. Absolutely. I think they pull up the numbers. It was like a 45% chance at you know getting somebody that would make to the pro bowl in the first round or whatever be the case but they also brought up the fact that the texans have had three number one overall picks mario williams jadavian Clowney, and uh i think it was oh david carr david carr yep. yep um they had three number one overall picks the last two mario williams and jadavian Clowney. so they didn't even get a second contract from the team so they got the best pick in the draft and they didn't even extend them past that second that contract. So, you know, even when they did have first-rounders, you know, the, the draft capital doesn't seem as crazy as protecting Watson because he took he took a beating last year. Well, yeah, and, and you know, uh, he's going to take a beating this year if they didn't do something with that offensive Absolutely. line, too. And they are built to go after a Super Bowl. I mean, they really are. I mean, yeah. you, we've talked about this. They have arguably one of the best wide receiver cores yeah, well, they they needed a little more depth there too because they they've had injuries the last couple of years with Fuller and Kuti got hurt last mm-hmm. year. So getting Stills, you know, that's that's an underrated move as well. You know, Stills and the Dolphins owner were kind of going back at it, so I think it was only a matter of time for they moved on from him anyway. But yeah, I I think it was a good move by both by both teams just because the Dolphins, you say tank, <laughs> I think that. Uh, Professional athletes, it, it's tough for them, especially a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, to go out in the field. Oh, he's going to play hard. Yeah, and they're going to play hard. Yeah. But, I mean, I think they have, and I don't know the exact number of draft picks they have in the 2020 draft, but it well, is three a first, ton. They got three first-rounders for sure. Well, they they got two first-rounders from Houston, but one is in two, two, 20, 2021. Yep. So, I mean, they got two first rounders for sure, two second rounders for sure. I, I I just know they have a lot of draft capital. I mean, they're they're gearing up for that twenty twenty draft. Yeah, you know, and I think everybody's saying Tua to to Miami is is kind of the the dream scenario for them. I'm not sold on Tua yet, one hundred percent. I know he's got a ton of talent, but it, it's always scary getting it's always scary drafting a guy that comes from a really good program like Alabama where he's surrounded by great talent. Mm-hmm. So you, you, and it just shows that David Carr, we go back to David Carr, ton of talent, still could throw the ball. He showed that in a video against Dak Prescott. That was really funny, <laughs> by the way, Yeah, uh, that he, he, he had a ton of talent and he couldn't stay upright. Yep. So you have to surround these talented players with great 
great talent around him. I think Kyler Murray is going to have a really big struggle this year. He's not going to excel like some of the rookie quarterbacks last year or first-year starters last year because he doesn't have a lot of talent uh, around him. Yeah, and kind of back to the Miami thing too real quick. One thing about them stacking up 2020 draft picks, uh, their new head coach, um, Flores, he comes from that scouting area of the New England Patriots, and you know the Patriots believe in not handing out big contracts to everybody and you know building through the draft. Through the it's draft, kind yeah. of that Patriots way, and the Patriots are always stacking draft picks. I think they always have a ton of draft picks every year. All it seems time. like, yeah, oh yeah, and and they do really well in that department. So, you know, I think Miami will eventually get there. I mean, it might take a couple of years to kind of build their roster the way he kind of has envisioned it, but to a um, I think they did get enough draft capital to, even if they don't finish in the bottom, you know, let's say 10 teams. Let's say they have a decent year. They can trade up. They can trade up. They have the draft capital to trade up, and I think that's the biggest key with them. You know, and, and obviously Flores is sold to the ownership that, hey, this is not going to be a one-year fix. This is not yeah. going to be a two-year fix. This is going to be a long-term fix. Yep. So I think he's going to get a little more slack. Uh, you know, it's I've, I know a lot of Miami fans that are going to struggle, and it's going to be really fun watching them struggle um, because they, they're the, the fans I know that are Miami fans think their team is no matter the talent on it, think their team is going to make a run at uh, uh, the Patriots. Jason Pasco, our our friend, he was <laughs> he's t- realistic. Yeah, he to a point, I guess. He he was telling me that he thought the Dolphins might make the playoffs this year. And I, I kind of laughed at him was at he first. Drunk? Well, and this was before the Tunsil trade, so I mean, now, even with the Tunsil, yeah, and I, I mean, agree. You know, um, Fitzmagic is going to come out and throw three <laughs> touchdowns and 380 yards his first two games, and and be Fitzpatrick. You yeah. know, he's... And then he'll have a game with six interceptions, and you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one nice thing about Fitzpatrick is he has zero memory. Oh yeah, I mean he. And what I mean by memory, I mean he has zero. um, If he makes a turnover, he comes out and he's still slinging the football. Oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't change his mindset whatsoever. And that's what I love about him. I always wondered how good Fitzpatrick could have been with a lot of talent around him. He... I bet you he could have been a pretty good quarterback. He's played on some good teams, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, some good offensive teams. And he's played for, what, 12 different franchises? No, it's a lot. but. Well, let's uh, take a quick break. Uh, we're going to go uh, over game by game, I think, the NFL this coming week. Uh, and then we'll uh, get into Mitch's uh, locks of the week and go from there. So uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. And uh, I think me and Mitch are going to pick the whole schedule this week for yeah. the NFL. I, I'm excited about the NFL season. I know Mitchell is uh, real excited. I think everybody is. Yep. You know, the Thursday marks the the start of the NFL season. Thursday, um, and it's a really division good game, game too. Yeah. I mean, you start off right with a huge division game. Yep. Yeah, Pat or the Bears. You know, got to be one of the Super Bowl favorites. Packers and they have Aaron Rodgers. They did some different things on that defense, um, signed some free agents. You know, uh, combine the Packers and Bears together. So you take the Packers' strength, which is their quarterback, obviously, and then you take the Bears. They have a ton of defensive strength and a lot of playmakers, but their quarterback is still a question mark. I don't think Trubisky has solidified himself as a elite quarterback by any means yet. Um, got a lot. He's got a lot of time to learn. But 
can uh, I can I say something yeah. real quick? Interrupt yeah. you. Um, I know your love for Kansas City. They remind me so much of Kansas City with Alex Smith, but Trubisky is just a hair better than Alex Smith. They that's just who they they have a lot of playmakers. They see, and I I I don't see Trubisky being better than Alex Smith. Oh, I do. The last three years with Alex Smith in Kansas City, he was pretty good. He was and an the MVP last, candidate. The last yeah. year, he was an MVP candidate. Yeah. And Trubisky has put up nowhere near those kind of numbers. Not uh, even close. I read an article just the other day that the the one player that is getting more super, or more uh, NFL MVP bets than anybody else this year is Trubisky. Really? Just because, um, I mean, not just because, um, because he's a good young player. And the odds made, are good. Made a really big step from year one to year two. Um, he has a talent around him, and the odds are really good. I want to say he was like 100 to 1 to win the MVP. So more than any other player in the whole league, Trubisky had more bets. He hasn't proven anything yet. Bears were pretty tough last year. But their defense was unstoppable last year. Oh, I mean, their defense is going to be tough again. I mean, their defense, I I don't think they lost anybody. I think it's a better chance that Aaron Rodgers gets hurt now for the season in this game than Trubisky does to win the MVP. So the thing with the Green Bay Packers, and I kind of went over this with one of my buddies too, is, Everybody just instantly assumes that they're going to be better than they were last year because they have Aaron Rodgers. And, like, I just don't get that. I'm with you 100%. Yeah, I, mean, I actually agree with you Yeah, he's, for, for a change. Yeah, he's good. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but when he's healthy. Yeah. He's he's still an elite quarterback he, when he's healthy. He played every game last year, but, um, and I had this argument too, first game of the year, or his first game, maybe second game, I'm not sure, they were playing Chicago. And he got that sprained knee, went out, came back, led him to a comeback victory. But for that first entire half of the season, he played on one leg and didn't play very good. Yep. I mean, he still threw for a lot of yards and touchdowns and everything, but the Packers were not the same as well, the team. You know, I, I don't think they have all the playmakers. I think Aaron Jones is going to be a good a good player for them. He's unproven, though, it, too. You, it's a new coach. you got to remember that. It's a new coach and a yep. new system. So that's a big question mark. Their defense is a question mark. You know, they they, uh, they made some changes there. The Bears, I think, have a great head coach right now. We know he's good. Their defense is really good. And the funny part is their coach is an offensive-minded coach. Yep. So if they can put it together on offense, I think the Bears, I, I think I picked them in our, our season preview yep. way early to be my Super Bowl favorite. I remember watching three teams last year that I thought were hands down better than everybody besides the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots are always good. Just Kansas City, it was the L.A. Rams, and it was Chicago Bears. I thought those four teams were in tier by themselves last Correct. year. Yep, they, they were tough. I mean, I think their offense is only going to get better. I drafted David Montgomery personally in my fantasy football league, and I think he has a huge year. Well, I want to pick. So who are you picking in that game? I mean, it is in Chicago. I'm taking the Bears. Um, I would probably, the spread's three in Chicago. I would probably buy a half a point, bring them down to two and a half, take the Bears two and a half. Yeah, I'm ta- I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think the Packers have done enough. I think it's too new of a system. I think the Bears defense shuts down Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he necessarily gets hurt, you know. But I I think the Bears are are too much for him. So that's a, your opener, and uh, I think it'll it'll be a good game though. Yeah, playing in Soldier Field is tough too. Game. Yeah, that yeah. that division is one of the better divisions of football too. I I agree. Uh, next game is going to be Titans-Browns, and I know you are in love with the Browns this year. 
I, I do like the Browns. Um, I think there's a lot of hype around them for everybody. They're, uh, they're like the sexy Super Bowl pick right now. Got all the new talent, OBJ. I, I think they're going to be really good. I think they, I, I picked them to win that division. I think they're, I just don't think they're mature enough, quite ready to put it together. And like I said, I really think that the coaches have a lot, a lot cut out for them, keeping all that talent and those egos and that money all in control is the, is the best word. They got to keep it in control because I, you can see some of those players not getting the ball as much as they like and really causing problems. Uh, you know, I, I think Nick Chubb's good. I, I think he's going to be solid. Um, but OBJ, you know, he's always been kind of that temper tantrum guy. Yeah. And Freddie Kitchens comes back, you know, they ran the ball a lot last year after Kitchens took over the offense. So, the one thing that I think about the Browns and the misconception about them is they're going to throw the ball all over the field with all these new receivers, and I think they're going to be a run-first offense. I think Chubb gets a lot of work. The defense the defense can help them because that defense is going to be good. No, that defense is, is going to be loaded. one of the better ones too. You know, Miles Garrett's one of the um, better defensive player of the year picks right now. They say he's borderline unblockable. He's getting to that elite level. But the Browns, you know, one thing I hate, is when a bunch of public bettors get behind a team, and it makes me kind of want to bet the opposite way. <laughs> well, in here, you know, let's we we know all about the Browns, but the Titans kind of have an interesting situation in their in their hands with Tannehill, who has had flashes of being a very good quarterback at times in in Miami. He comes in, and there's been talk and whispers already that Mariota's job is not a hundred percent safe. He's going to he's gonna start week one and probably for the next couple of weeks, but if he struggles, they've said that Tannehill has looked good at practice. And Mariota has done nothing but underachieve since he's been drafted. And Tannehill looked good when he's healthy. Another yep. guy that if he could stay healthy, he'd probably still be the starting quarterback of the yep. Dolphins. Yep. Um, and the Dolphins might not even be in the same situation they are in right now. So, yeah, I, I, I'm still taking the Browns because I, I – I don't believe the Titans have got it all figured out, and I think I think it's not even going to be a close game. I'm going to pick the Browns to win, but I'm taking Titans plus five and a half. Really? You yeah. think it's going to be a close game? See, I think it's going to be... I think Cleveland wins by a field goal. They had a lot of close games last year. Um, Tennessee's defense, very good, underrated defense. Another thing about the Titans, too, they have one of the better offensive lines in football. Their left tackle is out. Um, he's suspended for the first four games, I want to say. But um, I think it's going to be a ground control game, and I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I think Cleveland wins by three. Okay. Uh, Falcons-Vikings. This is a, this is actually a pretty tough one. This is probably one of the closer games for me to pick. I, I haven't even thought about this one a whole lot. It is in Minnesota. The Falcons, you know, they got some bad luck last year in their defensive backfield. I think the Vikings receivers are a little overrated at times. Uh, you know, Diggs is good. Thielen's good. Um, they got uh, – who did they bring in? Uh, Josh Doxson. Josh Doxson, yeah. Yep. They just brought him in uh, today or yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Yep. And uh, he, he had some talent. You know, he, he certainly First did. round draft pick out yep. of TCU. So, you know, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Falcons on this one because – I think Matt Ryan and that offense is just going to be too much. 
the one thing that I can argue, I mean, the Falcons are, are going to be good. How good um, depends on how well that defense kind of heals and kind of comes back from all those injuries they had last year. But the one thing that I argue is the Vikings always play tough at home. They I agree. always oh, play yeah. tough at home. I mean, you, you get the Vikings on the road and they're a totally different team. You play them at home in U.S. Bank Stadium, one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. I mean, they're just they're tough at home. I'm so. not sold on Cousins, though, yet either. And I'm not either. Getting Dalvin Cook will help that offense. Yep, yep. And they... You know, Diggs and Thielen are pretty set. Um, Rudolph signed an extension, and then they draft Irv Smith Jr. And then I seen that the Vikings only had four receivers on their roster before they signed Doxon, so now they'll have five. But, you know, kind of makes you think that they're going to go to more run-heavy, um, kind of get Cousins in the play action a little bit because they, they need to do something with them. Last year just didn't. They got a good defense. They, they do. They do. So yep. Simmer's a defensive-minded. Who's your pick? Come on. I'm gonna take Vikings minus four at home. You yeah. Know? Are you taking the spread, or you, who, who do you think? I'm wins taking this game? Vikings minus four. You are taking the Vikings. Yep. Okay. Bills Jets. One of my kind of sleeper teams this year that a lot of people are overlooking Bills? the Bills. You know, I'm gonna take them minus three on the road against the Jets. The Jets. You know, everybody kind of anointed Darnold as this next best thing, and I didn't really see it from him. You know, I I don't think. Uh... Robbie Anderson is a number one. No. Uh, he, he's a good number two. He's going to catch a lot of balls because they don't have a lot of options. Good field stretcher. Yeah, and Le'Veon Bell uh, is definitely going to make an improvement. He's going to be a safety valve. He's going to catch a lot of footballs. He's going to run the ball like he does if he gets if he can mesh with that offensive line, which he's had all offseason to do. And I, I think Darnold's really good. I think Darnold's better than Josh Allen. I don't think he has a strong arm. I mean, Josh Allen has a cannon for an arm. Agree to disagree, uh, but I, I think I think Darnold's good. I think I think he'll be okay. So I, I'm gonna oh boy, <laughs> I'm gonna take the Jets just because they're at home. But I think that Bills defense is gonna make it tough. It's gonna be a really low scoring game. Yep. So you're taking I'm Jets, taking the Jets. Jets straight up. Yeah, I'm taking the Jets straight okay. up. Okay. I mean, you're taking the that, Bills. I'm taking Bills um, plus three. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick every game against this uh, against the spread. Um, I do think the Bills win outright, but I'll take Bills plus three. Uh, Redskins-Eagles. Um, I think this is one of the easiest games to pick, in my opinion, um, just because uh, the quarterback situation at the Redskins, the uncertainty at left tackle, they're obviously a team that's rebuilding a bit, um, and the Eagles are established. As long as Carson Wentz is there and Peterson's calling the plays, I think their offense is going to be really tough to stop, and their defense is always salty. I mean, they're always good. I, I'm taking the Eagles with an easy, easy win at home here. And I'm, I'm kind of opposite on this one too. I'm definitely taking Redskins plus nine and a half. This would be one of mine that if I was going to take a flyer, and depending on how I did Saturday, I would debate on taking Redskins money line on this one. It's a divisional game early in the season. Um, Eagles struggled last year. Everybody kind of automatically assumes the Eagles are going to be Super Bowl contenders this year. I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. I just don't think. The, I just don't think the Washington Redskins are going to be worth a dang. The Washington Redskins. One thing about them is they get Darius Geis back. Yeah. Um, they were going to base their offense around him last year. Got hurt. Um, looked good in preseason. Jay Gruden just came out recently and said we're going to run our offense through him. Keenum kind of showed 
how he can play with Minnesota off the play action a little bit. And Washington has one of the most underrated defenses in the NFL. That defense is stacked with young talent. They signed um, the kid from the New York Giants, Landon Collins, on a big contract. They got their thumper, um, Josh Norman. They're stacked. Their front seven is very good. I was actually expecting them to to trade Josh Norman this year, and they never did. No, and I think that defense is one of the most underrated in the league. Um, Once again, I'm definitely taking um, Washington plus 9.5 as far as the game. I think the Eagles do win. I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think the Eagles win by 3 or 4. But if you wanted to take a flyer, depending on how you did on Saturday, if you're up some money, Washington money line might be something to look at Mm. because it is a divisional game. I mean, oh, people yeah, yeah. overlook these early season divisional oh, no. games where. Trust me. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, I remember going back uh, quite a few years ago before before the uh, Alex Smith era with uh, the Chiefs, or no, it was right at the beginning of the Alex Smith era with the Chiefs. The Chiefs were, gosh, they started off 9-0, and and they went in and played the one-win, or no, the zero-win Raiders and lost. Yep. To the Raiders. Never overlook a divisional game. Division game. games are crazy. Yeah. So, uh, Rams-Panthers. Now, this, I think, is going to be one of the better games. I the would agree. Um, Carolina. Their coaching staff is great. I, I love their coaching I staff. I think no matter the talent they have on the team. You know, you look what the Panthers have done for the last few years with really nobody at wide receiver. No. Nobody. No. Yeah, can you? I, I Funches, uh, you know, Benjamin yes. had that good rookie year, but yeah. I mean, he went downhill after that. I mean, Greg Olson, but he's tight end, he's but he was one of their better receivers every year. Yep. Um, so, you know, they and the Rams are going into a hostile territory there, and you know, I think the Rams are going to take a step back a little bit this year because their defense. Um, I think they lost a little bit on defense. They did. Um, their offense is still going to be good, and I think Cooper Cup is is welcome back, and he's going to be a big help. Robert Woods is a little bit of an underrated receiver or overrated, depending on who you are. Um, but I, I think they'll be good, and I think Gurley, Gurley's going to be back, and he'll be in rotation. They'll have a better rotation for him so he doesn't get banged up as early. Yep. I think the Rams win, but I think it's a really good game, a really yep. close game. I think it's going to be a good game. Now, if they played this in Los Angeles, I mean, I'd be all over the Rams. Yeah. Since they play in Carolina, across the coast, you know, it's – I'm going to take Rams minus three uh, just because, you know, they were in the Super Bowl. They were one of the highest-scoring offenses in the league last year. McVay, that hasn't changed. Goff just signed an extension. Gurley, Cup, Woods. I mean, they still have a lot down on that team. Carolina just don't know. Yeah, they they've been bragging up Curtis Samuel in practice how he's been looking great and DJ Moore is going to take that next step, but it's all these they're going to take this next what step. Is, yeah, what yeah. Is, so I mean, yeah. I know the Rams are good and I know they're going to be competitive this year. Um, that's a given. But as far as what Carolina is going to be, I don't know. Yeah, I mean Newton too. You know, he has those years where he looks mvp i mean he was an mvp one year and then he has those years where he's banged up all year and just has kind of an average year well he, you know he has that that playing style where it's a Absolutely. head down and hit him instead of uh try to get down so that can always uh you know you can't you can't be taking those risks who are you taking i'm taking rams minus three i'm taking the rams rams yeah i'm taking okay. the rams uh chiefs jaguars um i'm a little bit biased here um but i i just don't see the jaguars uh being able to stop the chiefs 
this is like everybody's like sexy pick. I just seen it on uh, to pick NFL, the Jags. Yeah, and NFL Live. Some guy was on there. Jags win in Jacksonville against the Chiefs, and you know he's going off about it. And I think it is stupid. I'm going Chiefs minus four all day long. I think they, I think they beat them, and I think they beat them. You know, by 10, 14. Yeah, I, I just don't see. Gosh, I, I hope I'm knocking on wood. Right. Um. The you know. The, the Nick Foles signing was good for the Jaguars. He's an upgrade for Blake Bortles. I just don't think he has the the starting quarterback franchise, the franchise quarterback. He he's proven he can play in big games, and and he's a good quarterback. He's smart. He's been in a lot of systems. Super Bowl MVP. He's Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> but he's had multiple starting opportunities, and he's failed at all of them. He has. I will say, though, this is probably the best defense he's ever played with. Oh, 100%. Jacksonville, I mean, they're they're tough on defense. And, you know, Fournette, they've been raving about the shape he's been in and kind of refocused yep. himself. So there is some positives with that. I just think Kansas City is, like, there's always that one team that, you know, probably should have won the Super Bowl last year. Lost on a coin flip almost, you could say. But, uh I just think they're that team on a mission this I, I, year. I'm just watching and loving the fact that he's on the, the bandwagon here. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I think we both think the Chiefs are going to win this game uh, yeah. outright. Uh, Colts, Chargers, here's a tough one. I it was, It's not a tough one. It should have been a tough one. This this should have been a really tough one with Andrew Luck because I, I was as stunned as anybody with Andrew Luck's decision um, it, when he did. I'm not stunned he, he walked away. Because there was a couple rumors, uh, you know, a couple years ago with the shoulder injury that he lost the, the the love for the game and he might not come back. Period, and that came from his GM. Yep. Uh, and so I'm just shocked that he did it when he did it. Uh, and you know, he's got a lot of support around him, saying, you know, good for him, uh, making the right move. But you know, you never you never know. Jacoby Brissett could be the guy to to. Uh, he hasn't had a very good record when he's filled in for luck. They got a great offensive line. That's though. the that's the kicker right there. Is they maybe have arguably the best offensive line in football. I'm, I'm taking the Chargers still, even without Melvin Gordon, uh, if he doesn't play, which I don't think he will. Chargers, they, they're kind of that team that always kind of plays their level of competition though. And just when you think they're supposed to blow a team out, um, they never do. I'm taking Colts plus seven. Um, not saying they're going to win the game, but I'm going to take the points and I look for them to establish the run. And that defense is a really athletic defense that they've been building through Chris Ballard, um, their GM. So I just look at it to be, you know, a close game. Maybe the chargers kind of pull away late. I'd love to say I'd pick in the Chargers because of home field advantage. However, they don't really have home field no. advantage. They're, they're kind of that homeless team. Right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bengal Seahawks. You know, Seahawks, you know, another team with a blockbuster this year. Getting clowny. Um, team up with Ziggy. Um, from well, Detroit. Ziggy Ansah's out. Uh, no, he just went, he just came oh, back he, to they, practice today. Oh, he did. He yep, did. Yep. Okay. They just brought him off. So he'll be out next week, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth, too. But, you know, at least they get him one week, see how it goes. Uh, I'm taking Bengals plus nine and a half. You know what? I'm taking Bengals to win. Okay. Uh, I I think the Bengals might be 
one of the surprise teams out there. Their defense has always been somewhat good. Yep. Um, Joe Mixon finally catches his stride. They got talent around him. You know, I know AJ Green's out, but AJ Green's also getting up there in age. Um, they got they got some good wide receivers. Tyler Boyd's a really good wide receiver. I like him a lot. But I, I'm taking the Bengals on this one. Yeah, Bengals plus nine. Um, I was actually going to say this was one of my my blocks for the week, just for the mere fact that Seattle never really blows out anybody, and no. they're they're playing at home, so I think they win. But nine and a half points is a lot. Right. Uh, yeah, they, they do have some proven commodities on offense. I mean, Mixon, Dalton's always you know kind of a coin flip, but I think they run the ball and you know they rely on their defense. Seattle is sorely lacking playmakers on that offensive side of the ball. Carson, he's going to be good. But at wide receiver, you know, they're starting DJ Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, um, I, they're they're hurting at wide receiver. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. DJ Metcalf was supposed to be a project. Yep, absolutely. Because he wasn't even the second best wide receiver on that college team. It, you could make the argument he wasn't the third best wide receiver yeah, on the so. team. I mean, DeMarcus Lodge was a good receiver too, but... You know, he, the knock on DJ Metcalf is, you know, he's got one route on his route tree right now, and that's yep. run downfield as fast as he can. We'll throw it to <laughs> you, you know. I mean, he's a streak wide receiver at this point. So, you know, and then David Moore, he was supposed to kind of fill in with him. He got hurt. So, he, I mean, they're just struggling a wide receiver. Yep. Um, I just see that being a lot, lot closer game, Cincinnati plus nine and a half. Um, I got your uh, giant or your Cowboys and the Giants next, and – I, I got to say, so I'm on a couple down and out boards in town here. Uh, those of you who don't know what a down and out board is, so what a down and out board is, you pick one team that you know won't lose this week, and once you, that team you pick loses, you are off the board. Um, you can't pick the same team. Uh, the one I'm on, you can't pick the same team again throughout the year yep the other board i you can't pick the same team twice nice. in a row see and that's um, not a true and, down and out board, no yeah. no and then and, and uh i agree so the 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 big money one i'm playing uh at ben's here in town uh that one is the true down and out board you can only pick the team once a year a year period. Yep. And so that's the way it should be i'm kind of i'm kind of leaning towards picking the cowboys on this one because i think the giants have a lot of problems I think there's a lot of work to do, but it's still a bit of a scary pick because Zeke's not going to be playing. I really don't think he'll be back this week. And, you know, Saquon Barkley can take over a game. Eli Manning's won two Super Bowls, so he has the know-how to beat the Cowboys because he's done it for years. Stay away from divisional games. <laughs> I know, I know. Saquon, and they, they finally fixed that offensive line where they got Seatler. Um, drafter Hernandez last year signed uh, the kid from New, uh, New England. Um, Solder at left tackle. Evan Ingram. Yep. Uh, Sterling Shepard's healthy. A scary game to pick, but I'll be honest. This is the, one of the hardest weeks I've ever had picking a team, and I I was out on both my down and out boards last year the first week because yep. I took New Orleans against Tampa Bay, Fitz and Fitz Magic went off, <laughs> yep. went off. So. I, I'm still haven't picked it. I'm waiting till tomorrow. I'm going to call him in. Um, I wanted to actually talk to Mitch uh, to first before, and I wanted to do this podcast before I made my picks on this. So the divisional games are tough. I'm taking the Cowboys to win, though. You're taking the Cowboys yeah, to I win. Am. I think the Cowboys win by seven. Seven's the spread. Seven's tough. I mean, it's how division game. Division game. Yep. Saquon. Um, if Zeke doesn't play. You know, you can make the argument that the New York Giants have the best player on the field. 
No, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't disagree whatsoever. Yeah. And even if Zeke did play, you could still make the you argument. Could, I was going to say you could still better. make the argument. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think it's only a matter of time before Daniel Jones is starting because I think he he, he turned some heads in preseason. He looked good, he, I tell you. I what. watched some of the highlights and he looked great. One good thing about Daniel Jones looking so good in preseason, um, they kind of talked about Eli and how his kind of refocused him and he's had one of the better training camps throughout his career in the last you know how many years because he did have that guy pushing him i'm taking giants plus seven i can't take i i'm not saying dallas is gonna lose the game i'm just saying giants plus seven saquon that offensive line their defense has some question marks but i'm a big believer in david gettleman I know, I know. Yeah, we've we've heard it a few times yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> uh, people love to hate David Gettleman or Dave Gettleman. Sorry, I think he's one of the better GMs. He proved it through Carolina, made him always competitive, tough on defense, ran the ball in Carolina, made good teams out there, and I think he's kind of doing the same thing with New York. Lions Cardinals. Now this this is a, this is a tough. Uh, this one's my lock, actually. Really? See, I think it's tough. I think the Lions. Um, I think the Lions win. Detroit minus two and a half is, mm, I think that's my most for sure bet on the slate right now. Uh, Giants are kind of an underrated team. They bring back a lot from last year. Their defense only got better. Arizona, they have a lot of hype around them just because they have Kyler, David Johnson, Cliff Kingsbury. I think they're going to struggle. It's it's a new system running in the NFL. Um, You know, I know there's a lot of question marks because the Lions aren't going to know what to expect. Yep. But you're starting a rookie quarterback against a pretty decent defense with and a, of, a defensive-minded coach. One of the worst offensive lines in football. Correct. And one of the worst offensive lines in football. So I, I'm i taking the Lions. I, I agree with you. I think that's a lock. That's, lock. that's a Mitch lock. Lock. <laughs> Lions minus two and a half. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of the sleeper teams this year, too, Lions. One underrated thing of this game, too, Patrick Peterson suspended for the first you know, maybe, how many games. Maybe this should be the one I take on my down and out board because it'll probably be the only chance I get to take the Lions this <laughs> yeah, year anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in that division. You know, every yeah. every game in that division is going to be tough for the Lions. But, yeah, I, I think this is a lock. You know, the, the minus two and a half for the Lions, it kind of screams Vegas trying to make you take the Lions. But I think it's my lock, two and a half. Okay. All right, so 49ers, Buccaneers. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have no clue. I think you are, you know, not alone on that statement. This this game has the most question marks out of any game on the on the on the docket this week, I think. And the Vegas line kind of shows that it's it's pretty much a pick them at Tampa Bay minus 1, but that's a pick. Yeah. Tampa Bay's at home. You know, I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, do I have to? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, gosh, Niners, you know, it, I think it really hinges on Garoppolo. It can, I mean, if he can get a connection with Kittle, you know, I love the addition of Tevin Coleman. I think he's been an underrated back for the last few years. Um, but, you know, Jameis Winston is one of the most confusing players in the NFL for me because – He's got a ton of talent, but gosh, he's dumb. <laughs> I mean, I hate to, to put it that way, but he, he makes dumb decisions on and off the field. He obviously was not in favor of, of the, the previous coaching staff for a reason last year when, you know, you have a guy you drafted very, very high, 
and he's sitting behind a guy that's played for 27 NFL teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fitzmagic looked great in the first couple seasons, weeks, and, you know, I bet you Fitzmagic looks fantastic in training camp because he's really smart and he's not playing against heavy uh, blitz defenses and confusing defenses. So he looks great. And, and but there's that that uh, that factor in that they have two very good wide receivers in Godwin and, and Evans. And Evans could be one of the top ten wide receivers, maybe top five wide receivers in the game right now. Yeah. He's a stud. They've got O.J. Howard, who's a great tight end. Their big question mark is running back. Can they run the ball well? Uh, and and then and then uh, you know the quarterback situation. Um, Throw Garoppolo on the Buccaneers. I think they're a really good football team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I gosh, um, you know, I'm going to take the Bucks because there's so many question marks around the Niners right now, uh, and I really do think Bruce Arians is a really really good coach, and I think if he's starting Winston, I, I think I think they'll be okay. And yeah, Arians is a good coach. That's kind of the wild card there. I'm I'm going San Francisco. I'm going to stick to what I know. I know offense and defensive line win football games. I think San Francisco is better on both. How confident I am in it? About twenty percent. <laughs> but so My, I, I'm going to go twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go San Francisco. They drafted Bosa. They got D Ford from the Chiefs. I'm not a huge guy on D Ford, but um, they did strengthen that front seven. Their offensive line has been consistently a pretty good offensive line in the last five years. They got McGlinchey and they got uh, Staley on the edges yep, there. Yep. I mean, they, they just have better offensive line and defensive line. That's why I'm going with San Francisco. You know, and I, and I really could go the other way, too. Yep. I, I'm i just taking the Bucks because they're at home. So Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, he's a very good offensive coach, too. So I think him and Arians kind of X-nay themselves out just because I think they both are good offensive minds. I'm just going to go with the better line. So okay. go San Francisco. Steelers-Patriots. This is kind of an interesting pick because, gosh, I'd love to pick the Steelers. And, <laughs> and, and gosh, I'd love to pick the Patriots because I don't like either one of them. Yep. Um, and, you know, they got two veteran quarterbacks, Roethlisberger, Brady, both Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, uh, both going to be Hall of Famers, um, both old. I mean, they're both getting up there. Um, and they both have a, a lack of experience or, or superstardom on their, their, their playmakers. You know, you can argue Connor uh, was really good last year, but it really does seem like the Steelers can plug in any running back and, and make him look like a stud. Um, but the Patriots do the same thing at wide receiver. I mean, how many wide receivers have they plunked through over the years? Uh, but the I think the big difference is, is, one, the Patriots are the Patriots. It's Tom Brady. The Patriots can do the same thing on defense where they can plug in anybody and look really good. Mm -hmm. And I think the Steelers are, are lacking that. They've got some age on their defense. I, I don't I don't know that the Steelers can, can keep pace in Foxborough with the Patriots. I'm picking Steelers plus six. I think it'd be closer than that. So if I, you're betting, I would take that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I would almost caution to do Pittsburgh money line. Patriots traditional slow starters. They have been throughout the years. I'm a. I'm actually a big believer in Pittsburgh this year. I think they fixed 
their one biggest problem on defense, and that was their coverage at their second level at their linebacker. They got Devin Bush, who looked great during preseason. Patriots, you know, it's only a matter of time before we start to see that drop-off. I'm not saying this is going to be a drop-off game because I think the Patriots are going to be one of the better teams in the league, but early in the year, Pittsburgh, I'm taking Pittsburgh money line. In Foxborough. In Foxborough. In Foxborough. I think Pittsburgh has a good year this year. I will never bet against the Patriots in Foxborough. I don't know what Tom Brady's record is at Foxborough. I'm sure it's ridiculous. But it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I don't even need to look because yeah. I know it's ridiculous. No, you're right. But Texans Saints. Uh, boy, this has a... Uh, th- this in my eyes, you know, I I know I I paid or the Chiefs are the favorite to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC, but this could be a Super Bowl preview. I mean, a, a week one Super Bowl preview because the Saints, as long as Drew Brees is behind center, their offense is always going to hum. Kamara, Michael Thomas, they they look really really good, and I think uh, you know Latavius Murray can fill in what Ingram did. I, I really have no doubt on that. I, I think Ingram's a bit of an overrated running back anyway. The Texans, a big question mark is running back. I know they, uh, you know, he, uh, Kansas City sent Carlos Hyde over there. Uh, their starting running back uh, is going to be Duke Johnson, who Duke Johnson, I think, looked really good. But again, these are two guys that were behind other players at their position at other teams. So really, are they going to be true starting running backs for the Texans? Uh, their offensive line just got better, all in one shot, and their defense is always good. Uh, I'm gonna jump right in, and then you can you can lead off. I still take the Saints because I, I there's too many question marks around the Texans right now. Minus seven is a spread. One thing with that, it kind of tells me that Vegas is daring you to take the Texans because you get the seven points, and you know on paper it looks like Texans are going to be the one of the toughest teams in the league, and they probably will be. Um, they got a couple. They got a lot of new pieces. You know, Duke Johnson's new. Carlos Hyde's new. Stills is new. Laramie Tunsil's new. So they haven't played for a long time as a whole group. They're going to take the Saints minus seven. I think they're more proven commodity. They're going to be tough this year. Breeze was second in the MVP voting last year. I think Saints have a big year. I think they come out and kind of make the Texans almost look bad a little bit. I think it'll be close for about the first half. Um, Saints win by ten. Okay. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I agree. Um, <laughs> boy, this will be a game I I hate to stay up late to watch um, because it starts at at uh, nine twenty Central Time. Yep. Um, I'm going to because it's a division game. But boy, if it wasn't my division, I wouldn't bother because I think this is going to be two of the biggest flops in the NFL. And it, it hurts me because I always like seeing our division be real tough. Uh, but the Broncos and the Raiders, uh, Raiders are way too overhyped. I, I don't think, I, I again, I still think they're playing for Vegas. Uh, Broncos bring in Flacco, which, again, probably one of the overpaid quarterbacks in, in NFL history in my eyes. I know he won a Super Bowl. I know he played really well in the playoffs. I get that. But... Super Bowl MVP. I, I, I get. I get it. I just. I just can't buy into it. I, I watched him play. And that was the one season he looked really good. One season. Case Keenum looked unstoppable with the Vikings. He had year. more than one good season. Uh, but in your defense, the last three or four have been a little rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will admit that in Baltimore, he lost his job to Lamar Jackson, a guy who was a project, and I still am not sold on. I'm a. I'm a big Lamar fan. 
I'm going to take the Denver Broncos. It, it's a pick 'em. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos for the mere fact of two reasons. Uh, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's probably one of the best pass rushing tandems in all of NFL, if and, not the best. And the Raiders have a terrible defense. And they do, and they're kind of in that mode where, you know, John Gruden has a 10-year contract. He's rebuilding that roster. This is year two. I feel like I'm talking about the Huskers because I have this conversation with all these Husker fans around here, too. <laughs> you need time to build depth, get your system in. Yep. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos. Flacco, I think it's a very low-scoring, kind of a boring game, but how can you argue Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb is no, the best pass rush you, you do in the league? You know, and, and I hate to end the night on your right, but I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> Because uh, I, I think that's the difference in the game is the Broncos' defense is still really good. Oh yeah, um, I just don't think they can score enough points, and and they, they may prove me wrong because they do have some playmakers out there. They really do. David Carr under pressure is never a good thing. No, <laughs> well for the other team it is. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I mean for the rest of the AFC West it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't think David Carr is the quarterback of the Raiders next year. I, I really don't. Uh, I I I can see them challenging for the worst worst record in the NFL this year. Yeah, I mean, I could see him definitely bottom five in the league. I mean, it would not shock me. They they did upgrade their weapons, Josh Jacobs and Antonio Brown. Rave reviews with Darren Waller at tight end. Tyrell Williams from uh, Los Angeles, not San yeah, Diego. Yeah, San Diego, I, Los Angeles, We're, we're just going to call him San Diego for the rest of the podcast so we know who we're talking about. Um, Chargers. Chargers, <laughs> yeah. Um, they did upgrade that, signed Trent Brown. From New England for a big contract. I just don't think their defense is enough to stop anybody. And yeah, I just think that Carr isn't the answer. Like, you know, I'm going to call this early. I'm going to say the Raiders finished last in the NFL this year because of the division they're in, because of the the divisions they have to play. We got to they have to the play the tough. NFC North this year, and I think it falls right into Gruden's hands on what he likes to do, and that's stockpile draft picks. Yep. And I think the Dolphins make a trade for the number one overall pick with the Raiders to take Tua. Only because I think John Gruden likes veteran quarterbacks and he finds one this year. Somewhere. I don't know where yet. I haven't thought enough about it. But I can see him trading for a veteran quarterback and, and building a team through the draft the rest of the area. So, yeah, that I'm picking the Broncos as well. Um, like I said, I really hate to end the night on. <laughs> I can't believe it's a pick, to be honest. It's a pick 'em. Yeah, it's a Oakland uh, minus one at home. You know, I I just don't get that. I yeah, yeah. I don't either. I think the Broncos are a better football team than them. Absolutely. Um, well, that that's going to conclude this episode. Uh, you know, we uh, not sure when we're going to get back. We've talked a few times about trying to get one a weekend. I think that might be a stretch. Um, so we might make this uh, every three games kind of deal. Yeah. Who knows? We'll talk about it. Oh, I am going to go on our Facebook page, uh, so make sure to visit there at Armchair Football on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to put all of uh, me and Mitch's picks on there so you can look them over and then uh, tell but Before us. we end this, though, yeah, okay. I, I, okay. I want to know okay. who is your two best bets for the NFL League. My two best bets. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm not versed in spreads and everything. I, I think, um, you know, I, I like your, uh, I like the Bengals Seahawks because I, yeah, I, I really like that bet. I, I bet the Bengals all day long on mm-hmm. that. Uh, and 
you know, I, I think the the Chiefs chart or Chiefs Jaguars is is a great bet because I, I just don't think it's that close. Uh, I really, really don't. But I, I think those are probably my two safest bets. I I'm a safe guy when it comes to betting. No, you know, absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bet I'm gonna bet nickels on the slot machines, not <laughs> not not twenties. I mean, it's all about winning money. It's not about how much you bet. It's just about staying in the positive. Right. That's all it is. All right. Well, yeah. Maybe I'll get a little uh, a little tutelage on the sports betting here between now and the next podcast. And I think you make it tougher than what it sounds. I think you know what's going on. It's just, you know. And, no, those are two great picks. I can't really um, argue them. I would agree with the Kansas City pick. My two locks are going to be Detroit, uh, minus two and a half. And then I would go with Kansas City minus four as well. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you all listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>